the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Mark Honf is off today. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. And that certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Today's trivia theme is general trivia. Uh, Nam, general trivia. All right. <laughs> and it's not about generals or colonels or majors. General uh, trivia? No? All right. So well, you've, uh, I'll probably get one out of three like usual. Now, these ones, let's see here. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It'll be <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, uh, Nam, you have a couple of articles you want to share with us? And then I got a couple. Yeah. So, we just uh, came out of the election, although some would say it's still disputed as to who won. But um, but this article starts with what a Joe Biden pres- presidency means for real estate and housing. From Joe Biden's campaign, here's how we can expect his administration to respond to today's most crucial housing issues. So this is kind of a forecast into you know uh, a Joe Biden pres- presidency and generally Democratic presidency and potentially what... Um, what impact on housing uh, we may expect. And um, so I'll jump into this uh, first uh, affordable housing. I'll just go through some of the highlights here. And this, again, this article is from Inman News, Lillian Dickerson, who's one of the staff writers. Okay. Uh, affordable housing, the Biden campaign's housing proposal pinpointed the dearth of housing supply as a driving force behind the affordability crisis. In response, Biden has pledged to invest $640 billion in housing over the next 10 years. Uh, among other things, the plan would provide financial assistance to help hardworking Americans buy or rent. Okay. Hey, Nam, can you get a little closer to your microphone? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How's that? That's Is this better. Yeah. Okay. Um, it calls for increasing supply by investments in resilience, energy efficiency, and accessibility of homes. More, moreover, it promises more construction and the refurbishment of affordable housing units through the establishment of a. $100 billion affordable housing fund, which will include a $20 billion investment in the federal government's housing trust fund, among other investments. You know, hopefully um, that includes uh, loosening some of the regulations, and that's going to be state um, requirements as well for, for building. Um, so this particular, you know, affordable housing is going to, you know, maybe help uh, some homeowners, but you know, where does housing stock and the increase in new development and, or new projects come into play? Um, don't necessarily see that in his plans. I'd have to look a little further, but, 
you know, some of the things that will affect it, though, in his plan, uh, I think are going to affect it negatively, and, and that's on 1031 exchanges. Um, so the, according to this article, um, in order to fund a child and elderly care spending platform, Biden has proposed abolishing 1031 like kind exchanges mm. for investors with annual incomes above 400,000 much favored benefit in the industry. The additional federal funds would allow Biden's administration to accrue 775 billion in government spending over the next 10 years to help provide care for those two groups. So they want to take some of the tax benefits from the um, 1031-like kind exchanges uh. um, and take that take that tax and, and put it towards elderly and child care spending, um, like we often are suspicious of or suspect of is, well, if they do take away that like-kind exchange benefit, will those funds actually go towards, you know, elderly care and, and child? Sure uh, they will. Remember? Yeah. When, just like uh, the Reagan says, I'm here from the government and uh, I'm here to serve you, right? Right. So, you know, it's it sounds good on paper to a degree but uh, again these things you know the allocation of funds and, and use of the funds is something where uh, i would be skeptical um yeah. be great if, if it, there were direct correlation between these you know rolling back these tax incentives and, and seeing it applied towards uh, things like you know elder care or child care but um again just uh not counting I'm not counting on it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, though, what happens over the next few years. Um, we may see tighter regulations on uh, lending like we saw at the end of the Great Recession um, with, you know, the Tilla Respa. Uh, we are actually some of the beneficiaries of that hard money um, because it, uh, regulations were put on banks uh, on certain types of loans to consumers that, uh, you know, made it harder for banks to lend on but benefited hard money lenders like us. Yeah. So, yeah, we wouldn't be doing so many bridge loans today, I think, if, if there weren't some of these regulations uh, placed on, on banks. What's interesting, but, too, um, with all this, uh, uh, you know, talk about climate change and all that. I mean, I wonder what all these construction loans, you know, just building of affordable housing. I mean, isn't that going to get the environmentalists to come out and say, you can't do that. That's not good for the environment. Yeah. Uh, or even more real uh, issue is, you know, depending on how seriously this, uh, you know, the, the new government will will take climate changes are, are things like coastal areas. Yeah. You know, could they say, listen, this place is going to flood per hour, you know, per per science uh, in the next 50 years. Therefore, you're not going to be able to build along these coastal areas, you know, and, and so those are some interesting things that will come up is there's the real climate change. And then there's, um, you know, the, the, the projections that we all have, to, all have to make and say, you know what, this area is going to be flooding in 50 years. We can't build now. Um, so I don't know. That'll be interesting. That'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I can see that. a lot of political stuff coming out of that. Yeah, yeah really, for sure. Depends on what uh, what side of the mouth you want to talk out of. Uh, depends on you know what what your goal is. All right, we're yeah. going to cut to our first commercial uh, trivia question here. And I saw this movie and I actually enjoyed it. It was pretty good. In what movie did Sean Penn play a mentally challenged man? You remember the movie? 
You do? I think okay, so. very good. All right. Uh, good movie, actually. And I think that was, if I'm not mistaken, that was uh, Dakota Fanning's first uh, major movie herself, I believe. Really? She must have yeah. been tiny. She was little. That was a long time ago. Little kid. Call 888-912-1190. Excuse me. The first caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. Again, here's the trivia question. In what movie did Sean play, Sean Penn play a mentally challenged man? And it was not uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He was a little challenged (laughs) in that movie. But uh, this was when he was a man. All right. uh, Stay tuned. You are listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. The Best of Investing will continue in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. Now, back to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown, on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with Nam Bond, Pacific Private Money. Mark Honf is off today. First trivia question was, in what movie did Sean Penn play a mentally challenged man? Was that I Am Sam? It was. Very good. You're one right. for one. That was, right? that was a really good movie. He did a, a really fantastic job. So. He did. I, I really enjoyed it. So um, I was looking on Yahoo uh, earlier today, and uh, 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 President-elect Biden wants to erase $10,000 for 37 million Americans in uh, student loans. And I'm, I'm kind of that turns out to be about three about three hundred and seventy billion dollars. So I'm kind of curious. What about those of us who paid our loans back? Do we get a refund? What <laughs> about those people who were, you know, uh, who never took out loans? Yeah, you know, because they were they saved enough and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I thought it was very interesting. Uh, Chuck Schumer and Elizabeth Warren uh, want. $50,000 eliminated from it. And Elizabeth Warren says it'll help close the racial wealth gap. What does race have to do with student loans? I understand about yeah, I mean, maybe it, 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 it takes money and kind of, you know, pushes it back from one, you know, from the government back down to the people in a certain area, but what does that have to do with race? I guess, I, I mean, I would want to know what the qualifications are for you to have your student loan forgiven uh, or have, you know, 50000 or 10000 whatever that amount is forgiven. What, what criteria are they using uh, or is it just across the board, um, you know, forgiving, forgiving that? And, who, and if they forgive it, um, you know, who, who, who is the, who does that impact? I mean, obviously the lenders. Uh, who have you know have these? Loans. I believe they're I believe they're federally govern they're federally government oh, federal. guaranteed. So uh, I don't think the lenders will get hurt on that person. Get hurt. If that's what the the yeah. plan is. It'll just I mean you know have to I, raise you know, taxes again, right? Right. Yeah. I'm not I'm not against you know I think the cost of of tuition in college now is really really high. Too high. Uh, compared to what it was before, and you know in terms of how we arrived at at the cost being what it is, uh, not exactly sure. And I'm sure uh, students today have, are having a harder time to afford college and their families. No. But um, so the idea of, of giving them some sort of relief, uh, I'm not against. It's just, you know, the unintended consequences of making these kinds of broad 
decisions yeah. um, are never what you think. So that's that's uh, wow. That's good. that'll be interesting, but uh, hmm, we'll see. And, I want my money back then. Yeah, the exactly. yeah I, I already paid my loans <laughs> off many years ago. Um, yeah, and then uh, you know they're also talking about Social Security. Uh, you know, because we all know it's going to go broke by 2035 or whatever, and uh, they want to increase the amount at which it gets taxed. Right, uh, right now, if you're a wage earner, 137,000 is is worth the bulk. Yeah, roughly, I think it's 137.8 or something like that. Um, the bulk of it gets taxed at the major 6.2%, and the balance, uh, the 1.45 gets uh, percentage gets you know unlimited. On that, and they mm -hmm. want to make that now. I think it's four hundred thousand. They want to tax. You know, I just, I, I just think the idea of just more taxes in general. I, right. I, you know, I, how about you got so much money? Why don't you just work on the expense side of things? You know. Yeah. And and uh, and control your expenses. Uh, it's just, it's that, that's what I, I can't stand about socialism as compared to capitalism. Capitalism, and I've been trying to teach my kids this, even though they're a little older. Um, Capitalism is basically everybody has equal opportunity. And then whatever mm -hmm. you do with that opportunity is up to you. With socialism, right. it's more of, no, no, everybody's got the same result. Well, if that's the case, I'm going to sit home and watch Oprah every day and expect uh, to get, you know, as much as the next guy who's working 20 hours a day, right? Why right, should I right. work if I, if I, you know, and that's why productivity goes down. So it's yeah. a lot better to, to give people an incentive to go back to work. Which, speaking of work, the other thing I wanted to mention here is Dr. Michael Oserholm. Um, he's part of Biden's coronavirus task, for, task force, is floating the idea uh, of a national lockdown. Now, what's that going to do to the economy if you have a national lockdown? You know, it's so funny right. because Trump basically had said, you know what, I'm going to leave it to the governors of each state to decide what to do with their state. But, you know, and then people yell at him for what happened with virus. I can guarantee you, mark my words, of course, can't go back in time, that if he yeah. would have done a national, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and taken over all the states, don't you think people would have been upset with that? Possibly. Yeah, probably. Possibly. You know, so, of course they would. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, every while, well, half the nation's always... PO'd at the other half, no matter what. Yeah, so, but that would have been a dictator, um, basically. A dictator. Yeah, but then you know what? If 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 it actually worked, then people would be certainly people would be upset during that those thirty days or whatever. But they may forget about it afterwards if people got over it. The challenge with leaving it up to the individual governors is that if one governor says lockdown, the other one says totally open place. People cross borders all the time, yeah, so it doesn't really point. work. That's a very good. Point. So you you may have to take some drastic measures. So I'm not I'm not necessarily against lockdown, but at the same time, it has to be really well thought through because literally, if everyone stayed in place for 30 days, then you could. And well, then you'd have to have closed borders with other countries too, True. Uh, especially those that have you know don't have any restrictions. But if you literally locked everyone down for quarantine for however long it took for for the virus to pass through then you would come out the other side much with much much fewer cases if, if they can well did. have they proven that 30 days is the magic time or two weeks or six months 
Um, I mean, they're telling people to quarantine for four, for 14 days um, that the virus can't, you know, you either get over it or or you get sick and you're hospitalized and, and you're in a controlled environment there. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I think they have probably enough data at this point to say that seems like 30 days would be would be uh, I mean, it seems like that time. definitely seems like enough. I mean, I, I watched uh, the end of uh, Notre Dame game. And they, they took, I think they beat, was it Michigan or they, they beat somebody and yeah. thousands of people just rushed onto the field. Oh, right. Yeah, that was like, Clemson. Oh, they beat Clemson. Dish, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, and you know, and you do a lockdown and how can you control college kids, right? That's exactly that's, that's, right. They're probably the biggest spreaders of them all. Yeah, um, super spreaders. All right, we're going to get to another commercial break. When we come back, uh, Nam's got a deal of the week. And then uh, yeah. also the email comes in and says, please explain how you can help buyers of homes to make what looks like an all cash offer. That would be a very interesting uh, email to answer. Okay, yeah. here is our second trivia question. We have to kind of go back to a little bit of mythology on this one. Who met Cyclops on his third voyage? That's our trivia question. Call 888-912-1190. First call with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate, which is worth over $100. Who met Cyclops on his third voyage? You know this one, Nam? I think. And if maybe. you think so, you probably do have it correct. But I would think so. All right. Uh, again, when we come back, Nam's going to answer the question about buying home with homes with what looks like uh, an all-cash offer. And give us some deals of the week and stay with us. You are listening to The Best of Investing. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. That's bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to The Best of Investing on AM 1220 KDOW. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with Nam Fawn. Second trivia question. Who met Cyclops on his third voyage? Was it Sinbad? It was Sinbad. Yay, two out of three. Not the tall, not the tall comedian Sinbad, but uh, Sinbad the yeah. Sailor. All right. There were some great TV shows or movies back in yes. the uh, early 80s, 70s, all the Sinbad movies. Yeah, in fact, uh, uh, in the 60s, too, like uh, with uh, Jason and the Argonauts and all that. Yeah. Uh, those guys. The those were awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. That was really high tech when I was, when I was little. Yeah. Um, first of all, let's get into an, to email time. It says here, please explain how you can help buyers of homes to make what looks like a, an all-cash offer. Yeah, so uh, good question uh, from the emailer. Um, so what are they talking about? When you're a home buyer and you're, uh, you're looking for homes to buy, you make an offer, then you know, typically you're, you're either making an offer to buy that home and the proceeds you're using uh, to buy that home are coming from a loan, or maybe you have all cash. You're not, you're not having to um, get a loan, so that's called an all cash offer. And in today's market, um, it's, it's a hot market. I mean, we've been talking about this for the last several months, it yeah. seems like. Um, it's a hot real estate market. And when, you're, uh, when it's a hot real estate market, and when we say hot, it means you know, that that's, there's a lot of buyers. Sellers are having an easier time selling their properties, more demand than there is inventory of homes. 
uh, or supply of homes. So that's a hot real estate market uh, that we're experiencing right now. And so any single property, if it's, uh, you know, if it's priced right and, you know, updated is going to get a lot of offers. And inevitably in the Bay Area, many of these offers are from um, borrowers who are bringing all cash. So they're not needing a loan. Well, if you're one of those um, borrowers who has to get a loan and uh, because you have a home to sell still, so you can't, uh, you know, you can't use all the cash that you've, you know, from the sale of your home, then you're going to have to get a loan. And uh, when you're making an offer and that seller sees, you know, five offers come in, three of them are all cash and the other two have a loan. Well, generally as a seller, you're going to say, I'm going to take that all cash offer. And the reason why is, is all cash means, you know, more certainty of closing, you know, this, they don't have a loan that could fall through that would cancel, you know, the purchase of my home if I'm the seller. So if you're a buyer who has to have a loan um, and you have a home to sell uh, and you want to be competitive in that situation, uh, which you can do as many people have done through Pacific private money is get a bridge loan. Um, and that bridge loan essentially allows you to make a loan that is not dependent on the sale of your you mean make an offer, pardon me, make an offer, excuse yeah. me, make an offer that's not dependent on the sale of your home. Um, we, you know, we can uh, provide a loan for the purchase of that home. And um, although it's not all cash, it's very similar to all cash because you're basically saying, hey, I can, make, I can buy this house and I don't need to sell my current home first. So there's no sale contingency. It's not and contingent on the sale. Yeah, and I can close quickly. And uh, not, that's not the only reason why a, uh, a home buyer would use a bridge loan. The other benefit is not only so you can compete against all cash, but so you can um, only have to move once. Yeah, because point. if you can get that home first, the one that you're you're buying, you can move in, uh, vacate your you know your current home, um, and you can make updates. Um, so you only have to move once. You can make updates to the home that you're moving out of before you list it, which you know we've talked about staging on several shows with yeah. Patty Cohen. And that really improves the saleability and also increases the potential sales price of the home that you're selling. Um, so there's a lot of conveniences. It gives you the uh, ability to to make those updates to the home that you're that you're going to be selling for and sell it for a higher price. There's a lot of different reasons why a bridge loan makes sense in this in this time. But but inevitably the the big one is being able to make a non-sale or almost cash-like offer. And how do people get a hold of you if they want uh, need money yeah. for that purpose? If they, uh, if they need a, a loan, give us a call at 415-883-2150, or you can go to our website, uh, which is www.pacificprivatemoney.com. If you go to the borrower section, uh, you can learn more about our bridge loans, but really just give us a call. And uh, if you're a realtor, uh, give us a call because it's just another great way to be able to provide solutions for your for your uh, home buyer. And if you're a mortgage broker, um, it's a great way to get your client into a home quickly with our bridge loan. Um, and then you can provide the refi loan to them so that they can have a low rate long-term loan. We're not long-term lenders. We're really short-term. We solve that sort of short-term issue of getting into that home 
usually they're on a loan for about three to six months and before they uh, they refinance into a conventional loan at today's really low rates, which, you know, are in the threes, I think, yeah. you know, as of the recording of the show. So well, anyway, give us a deal of the week. Let's yeah. see what kind of deals deal of the week you got. So this particular deal of the week is kind of like the, the perfect bridge loan, um, you know, and, and all of the reasons why people come to us. This one's a purchase in Green Bay, California, for uh, – your purchase price is 2.5 million essentially. They're getting a loan for 2.3 uh, million, so that's almost that's really close to the value of the home. You know, it's uh, probably you know 90 percent or so of the actual purchase price of the home. Uh, you could think, well, geez, 90 loan to value. We've talked about 70 percent loan to value in previous shows as the max it will lend to, but they're using other properties, so they're cross collateralizing. Uh, and uh, when you cross collateralize, you're using equity in both homes and any cash you're bringing in, uh, you know, against the value of the two properties. In this case, the total combined loan to value is 74%. This person has perfect credit. So you could say, why would they need to go to Pacific private money? Uh, well, it's exactly the reason I talked about before is they, they don't want to sell their departing residence or won't have time to sell their departing residence. Uh, in order to uh, use the proceeds towards the purchase. Even though they have perfect credit, it's, they still can't get a loan uh, until, until they, they sell with a conventional bank, excuse me. They can't get a loan with a conventional lender uh, until they sell their other property, which is also in Green Bay. So this bridge loan uh, we're making is so that they can uh, make a non-sale contingent offer, uh, which they got, uh, was accepted. They're gonna close, we're gonna close this in, in three weeks, they'll be able to move into their home and sell their departing residence. Again, perfect credit, professionals making a lot of money. They just need a, a bridge loan to Very be good. able to close them. Anyway, we'll, we'll, come, we'll come back uh, to that. All right, third trivia question. What band performed the theme song from the TV show Friends? What was the band? All right, 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. Stay with us. The best of investing. We'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown, on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back to the best of investing one more time. Edward Brown here along with Nam Phan. Uh, what band performed the theme song from the TV show Friends? I don't know that. Ah, but you remember the song. I'll be there yes. for you. Uh, the Rembrandt. Oh, the Rembrandt, yeah. Okay. We got two out of three. That's not bad. Yeah. That would be great for baseball, but if you're doing math, that would be a failing score. Getting six. <laughs> that would be not good. That's a D. A solid, a solid D. A solid D, yes. Uh, you said you have another, uh, excuse me, another article to share? Yeah. So we were talking about COVID earlier. Um, this is an article that says, what, what a COVID-19 vaccine would mean for mortgage rates and the housing market. Uh, and this came out uh, today, uh, 11.59 by Jacob Massey. I think this is, might have been an Inman News article. Um, but... Uh, you know, it's interesting. Since the last show, you know, we heard news that Pfizer's come out with a vaccine that's 90% effective. 
Um, obviously, um, it's still early, I'd say, but that's encouraging news. Um, but what happens if we have this vaccine suddenly um, available to everyone? Uh, that would be really interesting, another behavioral phenomenon that would happen, just like COVID really affected uh, behavior across the country, across the world. As long as they don't grow a third eye. Yeah, yeah, you're cured, but now you have three eyes. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, that uh, could be a good a, thing. Yeah, that's right. So um, it says here, in many ways, the pandemic has driven the home buy, this home buying craze, experts say. Uh, they're talking about the, the, um, um, the reckless abandon with which people bought homes uh, shortly after, you know, uh, April or so, or, or June in, in our case in, in the Bay Area. Um, in many ways, the pandemic has driven the, this home buying craze. Experts say this has been a, an accelerant to lifestyle and behavior changes. They were already underway, meaning probably, uh, you know, people working remotely, people moving out of the uh, sub, uh, out of the urban areas. Um, so, but now the end of the pandemic may be in sight. On Monday, the COVID-19 vaccine candidate from BioNTech and Pfizer uh, became the first to demonstrate it could protect people from contracting the illness in a phase three clinical trial with a reported efficacy rate of 90%. What's more, Pfizer's vaccine candidate is taking a similar approach as some of the vaccines being developed by other companies, meaning that other vaccine candidates could hold similar promise. So they could have multiple pharmaceutical companies coming out with vaccines, which you know would be interesting how quickly it could be deployed across you know the entire population. But and, and suddenly you have it, enough. Would they give it for free? Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, or is, is this a public good that the government would just pay for it? Uh, would yeah. uh, some of these pharmaceutical companies? Um, well, know, no, no, they, they don't have to do it for free. But would the government the government would pay for it? Right. Pay yeah, for it. I could see. Yeah, I'd see some subsidies certainly. Um, but then, what if tomorrow you could learn that hey, you could walk around without a mask, you can go to crowded places so long as you got this vaccine? What would happen? Would people suddenly, you know, abandon their home search? and say, you know what, it was really inconvenient to uproot my family now than it is just to stay where That's I am and, and leave, you know, lead life like normal. Um, I don't know the answer. So, That's yeah, I don't know. But, but, you know, if, if, if a vaccine is close at hand and it could be distributed, you know, equally across a large, you know, populated area, what would happen? So um, they're saying that, you know, the end of the pandemic would eventually push mortgage rates higher. Often economists' predictions with regard to interest rates don't pan out. Forecasting mortgage rates have been an economist's fool's errand for years. And I think we've seen that. You know, we've attended so many events where they said, oh, rates are going to go up uh, two years from now. The next two years are okay. And five years later, rates have actually gone the reverse. So it's hard to say, wow. but they're saying, you know, they could go back up. Um, Back at the start of the pandemic, most economists and mortgage industry experts didn't expect rates to drop below 3%, but that's just what happened. Um, so they're saying in the near term, they'll stay low, but they'll likely go back up. Um, in time, the vaccine would naturally cause rates to rise. It should push overall interest rate up because it improves prospects of economic growth. So, but they're saying refinance will continue even if rates go up. Um, there were, uh, as of November, there were roughly 18.5 million homeowners who could stand to shave at least 0.75% off their mortgage rates by refinancing. So that will still happen. But, 
you know, if things kind of go back to normal, then, you know, people may say, you know what, people who haven't already made the change, they say, you know what, I'm going to stay put, you know, because changing now is no longer a necessity, but really a lifestyle choice. And I'm comfortable where I am. Um, and so I'm going to just stay worried. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, the next couple months, the next 60 days will be very telling with respect to, you know, is, is um, COVID going to be uh, eradicated or, or greatly controlled? And, well, you know, it's um, interesting with, with the 1918-1919 pandemic, what, would ha what happened after that? You had the Roaring Twenties. Right. Right. And then eventually the crash yeah. in 29. So I wonder yeah. if the same sort of thing would happen where we'd somehow yeah. just get an economic boom. I think so, because all of these, I think, and I've mentioned this before, all of these uh, millennials um, who had, you know, have been staying home with their parents are accumulating wealth um, because they're not paying rent or they're not paying for food. They're, they're, you know, able to, they're not spending money. Not spending on, on and so with these low interest rates, there's probably a greater affordability for first time home buyers. Um, so we'll see. I know real estate prices have gone up, but, you know, that's in dense, dense, major metro areas. So I could see there being continuing to be a housing boom because you've got this population that hasn't tapped into ownership yet and will be. So yeah. I'm bullish. That's my now, San Francisco's seen about a 20% drop and 20, 25% drop in rental rates. Uh, what about the sale of houses? Do you know? Yeah, I think, you know, when Patty was on, uh, maybe not last week, but maybe the show before, she said, you know, single family residence prices hadn't dropped a lot. I think they were in the, well, a lot's all relative, maybe in the 5 to 7% range. Yeah. Um, but condo prices had gone down. But condo prices are the entry level homes for millennials. So maybe you'll see that market pick up some. That's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, because cities are still really attractive. I mean, it's, especially if you're young. So you know, I, I could see uh, still a lot of movement in real estate and housing. And and again, you've still you know California and, and many other places are just under supplied with housing, and and so construction lending um, is still going to be uh, something that we're bullish about. And we've got our construction fund. So we're, we're, I'm optimistic. Yeah. Well, when we come back, we'll uh, also talk a little update on the Pacific Southwest Note Fund, which uh, mm -hmm. is kind of interesting because there's been a tremendous interest from the public on that fund because it's paying, uh, right now it's actually paying more than the minimum 9%. And I mean, who's paying 9% nowadays? That's ridiculous. Yeah. You know? But it's uh, it, it just started not too long ago, and uh, so far everything's looking pretty good. Uh, but there is a negative to it, and the negative is Ooh. that the fact that people have to wait in line. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy, but uh, there's not enough product yet, and uh, it'll take a little while to uh, uh, to get all that product in. So we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that when we we come back. So stay with us. Uh, the best of investing will be back with some closing comments. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. That's bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to The Best of Investing on AM 1220 KDOW. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. 
Welcome back to The Best Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Phan. We did miss Mark Hunt today. No trivia question. But um, so, Nam, uh, before we cut the break, we were just starting to tease the audience a little bit about the Pacific yeah. Southwest Note Fund. And that's the one where uh, we're buying notes in, from sellers in at a discount, right? Yeah. So we're buying uh, the Pacific Southwest Note Fund. It's our first fund that's out of California focused in terms of the kinds of loans that were um, that are in the fund and these loans are essentially seller carry back loans uh, which we are purchasing from sellers and a seller carry back loan if you don't know is one where the borrower is getting a loan from the actually home from the home seller and uh, that seller is then carrying the note um, but um, there's a marketplace for purchasing these notes from sellers who uh, for many different reasons want to liquidate the, the note or cash it out essentially. Um, and uh, you know, some of our criteria for buying these notes are number one, we're buying them. We'll only buy them if we can get them at a discount. And also um, you know, the, we want to make sure these notes or these loans are seasoned and seasoned meaning that the borrower has been paying consistently on these notes for a certain number, amount of time. And this, in our case, you know, I think it's anywhere from five to 10 years. So there's a track record of borrower being able to pay and afford the loan. So we're not buying a loan that uh, the borrower just got from the seller, you know, two months ago, we're, we're buying them where there's a track record. And Pacific Southwest Note Fund, this mix of loans that we can buy at a discount, plus the interest rate that these borrower, borrowers pay can yield a, a, a return uh, of nine to 12% annualized to investors in the fund. And um, as, as you were mentioning, Edward, um, we've got a lot of interest in it uh, right now. Uh, and it's just starting out to we're, we're you know, ramping up the loan demand or, or closing loans in the fund. So we're just trying to you know, make sure we're, we're matching the, the supply of capital coming in with, with the ability to deploy that capital. So right now it's taking a little bit longer. So if you want to invest though and not lose your spot, so to speak, yeah. then you know better to invest sooner than later. But you know we'll be realistic with how long we think it'll take to to deploy. Um, in the meantime, we've got multiple funds, and the next fund event that oh, yeah. uh, we will be talking about is November 18th, which is next, this coming week. It's this coming Wednesday at 6 p.m. And if you haven't done so already. You can go to our website and register under the events section of www.pacificprivatemoney.com because we'll talk about the North Star Capital Fund. It pays 8 to 10% uh, rate of return. The Freedom Fund, which is a fixed 7%, but it's high liquidity. And then our Legacy Fund, our kind of bread and butter um, Pacific Private Money Fund, which is paying a 7.5%, uh, but we've got a you know six-year, seven-year track record, well, seven-plus-year track record, uh, with the Pacific Private Money Fund. So give us a call at 415-883-2150 um, or again, go to our website, www.pacificprivatemoney.com. And then lastly too, just uh, should mention that if you are not accredited or even if you are, but you just want to invest in individual deeds of trust, then we have our trust deed marketplace, which is www.privatemoneyloans.com. So many, many different ways to invest. Uh, we haven't slowed down, even though it's the end of the year. We're going to go into the holidays with, with um, a lot of business. So. Very good. 
Thank you again uh, for joining us, Don. Here's our yeah. thoughts for the day. Do you know that this will be the first year my family and I can't go skiing in the Alps because of the pandemic? Uh, normally, it's because we can't afford it or we don't know, know how to ski, but it's because of the pandemic. And uh, don't worry about the world ending today. It's already tomorrow in Australia. There you go. That's not a great way to look at it. Tomorrow somewhere. Hey, tomorrow somewhere, exactly. All right. Well, for those uh, in the audience, uh, again, uh, call Pacific Private Money at 415-883-2150 or go to their website, www.pacificprivatemoney.com. I like to say it slowly so people understand. All right. I know. Tune in Thank next you. So you know it so well. You just... It comes rolling right up the tongue. All right, tune in next week to the best of investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to the best of investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast.